Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I'm Robbie Falke, and we have a special edition episode here. If you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit, you've noticed we do these from time to time. So I'm sitting down here with possibly the best Instagram handle of all time. So... Let me tell you, I legitimately think of your Instagram handle at like two in the afternoon. I won't even be talking to you. And it's like the Lower East Side Scribe. The ring to that is crazy. (laughs) So I have the homie Terrence here, um, Terrence Watson, and Lower East Side Scribe. Just think about how smooth. Lower East Scribe. I've been thinking it wrong in my brain the entire time. It's all right, though. But I appreciate the, yes. It's fucking good, (laughs) Thank you. That's dope. It's really good. So Lower East Scribe came from, like, right before blogs took off. I'll give you a really brief. So it wasn't just an Instagram handle. It was like, I was writing for a newspaper in New York called The Journal News. Right? It's like a newspaper in Westchester. And I had just started writing for Bounce Magazine, uh, Bobito's Magazine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want them to, uh, I didn't want the, The Journal News to find out that I was writing somewhere else. I didn't know how they would take it and I didn't want to ask. It mm-hmm. wasn't that I was afraid, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? Don't ask them tell. Exactly. So I was just <laughs> I was just like, um, I need a pen name. And Lower East Scribe just came to me, man. Like I and I was like, all right, but I'm gonna go with that. And um, yeah, like I even have like a Yahoo account that's Lower East Scribe. That's how long ago I've had it. Uh, and then the long, you know, a couple years into like doing more things. First, it was a Twitter handle, like, but it. W- and then I used it for Instagram. But at first, like, it was just like my blogger name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like on Bounce Magazine, I just wanted to go by Lori Scribe. And then like, it was great because like the community in basketball in New York took to it, and people started to get to know me. And Loki, this this happened to me. I swear and everything. One time I was on the train, and two guys who I did not know. We're talking about Bounce Magazine. I didn't say anything. I just wanted to kind of like, mm-hmm. whatever. Voyeur um, the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I kid you not. They were talking about uh, Bounce Magazine. And then one of them started talking about Lori Scribe and like how they like his writing. And I was just like, no, nah, this is not. A that is pre-digital gratification. That's no. real world. <laughs> I was like, nah, this is crazy. I didn't say, no, I, I didn't even be like, yo, guys, I'm Lori. Like, I, yeah. I just let it go. Like, I was like, I'm Batman. Yo. <laughs> Nah, none of that. But yes. So, so the reason why we have you here is, and you kind of just touched on it there. Um, we like to bring people in who work in or around 
about, you know, if we want to use different prepositions, um, the sneaker can, um, community, industry, world, however you want to phrase it, but just the sneaker community as a whole. Um, uh, so, do I say his name? Yeah. So Jordy, um, Shuseum, brought up a really, really cool point that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and it's the ecosystem of footwear or kind of any, any industry there is or anything where there's a product where people cherish. So within the ecosystem, there's the company, there's the designer within the company, there's the fans, there's the collectors, there's the journalists, there's the media. So all these people come together and there's the athletes, obviously. Mm. So all these people come together to take uh, a moment in time, an athletic feat, something that maybe in the grand scheme of life is trivial. Like, who knows? You know, a famous jump shot against Elo in the, you know, from the free throw line, grand scheme of life is not important. But they all come together within an ecosystem to make to make a, a process or a machine really that helps categorize memories, sell product, and tell stories. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been thinking about as. So we're all a different part of this ecosystem. Like sneaker history wants to be a part of the ecosystem that helps um, you know, uh, withhold knowledge for for future generations coming up or maybe past generations that don't know and maybe want to get their they're half, they're half formulated memories, you know, verified or reaffirmed. Yeah. Talk about stuff from the past. So um, we brought you in here today because you've worked um, and like the media side from both um, from the brand itself to third party magazines to um, the marketing teams that help the businesses do what they do. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about kind of your career where where did it start off for you like where where did sneakers pop off uh well actually like thank you again like for having me um gotta say that uh and shout out to nick you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. my dude nick ingval uh sneaker og uh thank you guys but um so, so for real like my I, I think before my career I, I didn't really even it was just me living uh, so I grew up in Lower East Side, obviously, like we just mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, and I was having a conversation with my friend um, Marcus Armand from Nike. Uh, he was uh, one of the people like super instrumental in even bringing me out. But I, he was here recently. He, he's from LA. Just moved back. And but he was here, and we were just uh, having drinks, and we were talking. And I was like, man, like you know, I started to realize recently a lot of the stuff that we kind of revere, like you know. Um, some of the people like like Bobito, mm-hmm. right? Or some of the uh, events like Jeff Staple and you know the, the pigeon drop, and you know Supreme, which is now a you know huge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just a kid like around these people or around the energy, and I didn't know that that was one day gonna help me have a career, right? But like I'm noticing now because like you know being on campus, either campus. Or you know, doing work with any brand, they all try to capitalize on those moments, or 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 understand the, the the process of like how these things happen, or why people care about them, and it's like they're just second nature to me because like I always was around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, add the fact of like then I realized I was a good writer. Um, you know, and that happened. I think uh, maybe when I was in high school. You know, I I I. I kind of figured out that I was a decent writer. I actually started writing poetry first 
So yeah. did I. <laughs> it's <laughs> worth the school assignments, and he realized, okay, this isn't so bad. This is fun. This is yeah. my element. It wasn't, yeah. But then, like, uh, shout out to J.R. Smith, because he made me realize that I was never going to be a basketball player. I don't Synthetic know if I prep. ever <laughs> told this type story, but essentially we were at five-star basketball camp when five-star really, really had the juice still, mm-hmm. and, like, all the East Coast, like, really good players had to play there. And he was just doing stuff for the week that I knew I could never even imagine, um, including jumping over a golf cart uh, and during an impromptu dunk he contest. He was so bouncy when he was young. Yo, 19, 18, 19 years old, just wilding, doing pro-level stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'll never be a pro basketball player, but I'm here, mm-hmm. right? And all the players here, I'm, I'm with them. I'm competing. I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? Who better to have the perspective, of, like, that shared the perspective um, and actually, like, talk about, like, you know, what they're going through and, and share that with the world and somebody who's actually experiencing it with them, you know? So that was what made me want to be a writer in the first place. J.R. Smith. Thank nice. you. <laughs> Man. I just think, and people like to think of, like, I think forever now, J.R. Smith is a meme for the, for the finals rebound. Blunder. Oh, man. Now, is but, that how we're going to remember it? But no. See, my point to that was I think more J.R. Smith dunk contest New Orleans J.R. Smith. Oh, behind the back? With the headband. Yes. The first guy. First guy to do the behind the back mm. in the dunk contest. Man, he was so nice. Denver, he was nice. <laughs> New York, he was nice. And he was nice in Cleveland, too. Yeah, he's a big part of them winning the championship. He's bonky. He's a little out there. Yeah. But you got to have fun. Above all, J.R. Smith should teach you. You got to have fun with what you're doing. I also just tweeted that. I just realized this today almost because I saw some somebody it was some random tweet about uh, about like uh, celebrating the the clubs of New York from like the, the the past decade. Somebody was talking about greenhouse, you know, R.I.P. to the legendary place, and Jr. chasing around Rihanna <laughs> and other like you know celebrities um, at greenhouse was kind of the first time where I feel like everyone realized that. It's all entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so sports and music and all those people work together at these places. And in a roundabout way, I feel like that's what led to my job at Vibe Magazine of like becoming the person that not necessarily not, not necessarily like did because I, I didn't do tabloid stuff, mm-hmm. but people were getting like, oh, OK, athletes and musicians or whatever. They really care about this together. So how do we how do we talk about it? It sounds like you have really good situational awareness because you were at that you're at that camp. Uh huh. And you recognize, okay, I may not be able to jump over that golf cart, but I understand the stories and I can I can relay them. Yeah. Then you put together, okay, music and sport do come together. Let's go work for, I mean, five XXL. What's what's what are bigger magazines and hip hop than that, or music? Yeah. Than that. Right. So you're just recognizing these things. Um, when did so? What was the first publication? In music or sport, that you that you wrote for, and you're like, "Damn, okay, I'm writing for this. This is this is dope." What, what, what was the first uh, to keep it bubble? You like it? It was bounce, mm-hmm. um, mostly because like, you know, it was a magazine that I was like really super familiar with, and like, I was I was just really excited to have an opportunity to do stuff like that. I felt like my community, which is New York City, right, mm-hmm. cared about. Um, that was it, it, I'll forever be thankful to uh, Bobito and. Uh, Sean Couch uh, and um, you know Justin Leonard and, and all those guys, uh, but the day that I I really felt like shit, this is as close as I'm ever gonna get to walking across 
the draft stage mm-hmm. was I submitted a, a pitch on a story to Slam. And, you know, I just I built a relationship with some of those guys. Still have, you know, they're all great. Slam is fan, hashtag all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I think it was, I feel like it was Svee who hit me back. And just to let me know that, yo, we're going to run with the story. Dog, I cried. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. And I called my brother, my older brother, who, like, you know, we're, we're very much guys' guys with each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, when I called him, uh, especially him, like, like I'm the artiste. Son, son, I did it. <laughs> yo, and he's more like the protector, even though I'm bigger than him. Like, mm-hmm. he's the one that'll get, like, rowdy. He's a Brooklyn dude. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> I called him crying and he didn't make fun of me. That's when I knew I was like, yeah, this is real. Like he was just like, yo, you crying? And I was like, yeah, bro, like I'm I'm crying. Like this is amazing. And he was just like, I right, I'm proud of you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that was also those two moments stick out as like the first time I was like, MJ holding the championship. <laughs> Pretty much like, you like, holding, you holding, like that slam cover is like Yeah. That's the moments people I mean, that's what you should be working for. If you're listening to this and you're grinding and you you live for those kind of moments where where you're brought to tears by emotion that isn't sad emotion or no. death negative all this all the bad stuff in the world <laughs> being brought to tears for good yeah is where it's at um, and it's very important because you know you mentioned how much you admire and respect and is appreciate the opportunity Bobito gave you like for sure Nick's the same thing for me like I read Nick and Soul Collector for forever and I was like I want to work with him. He gave me a chance and I wouldn't now be working with the people I do or know the people I do if it wasn't for him. So I'm sure you can agree to this, but pro tip, major key, whatever you want to call it, find a mentor, find somebody who wants to help you succeed and cares about your growth. Someone that's going to proofread your stuff yeah. when you're not even working with them anymore, working something, you, somebody you can just bounce ideas off or see, is this good? It sounds good to me, but is it good in life? Like what do you, you got to have somebody out there your cheerleader and your and your critic. I kinda like having both in the same person. I feel like hundred percent. I feel like um that crop of like now OGs who are just like in it and just doing it at that time, they're all really like solid dope people. I mean like, you know, from Bob to Nick to to Russ. Mm-hmm. Um Russ was another person who like I like looked up to I still look up to Russ. Yeah, yeah, for hundred percent, right. Um and sent him him and Lang mm-hmm. and you know like I sent them emails of just like hey like what do you think and them responding to me was big but them liking my stuff was okay I know I can do this because mm-hmm. these guys are the guys I look up to right like and that's when I was like yeah okay <laughs> I could do this I got that um I wrote something for nice kicks and I got an email from Nick DePaulo later he's just saying hey that was super good like I like that I'm like I look up to what Nick does He's done, made it. He's on ESPN now. Like, it's, it's always good, like, having that gratification. Because there's a lot of self-doubt out there. So especially with writing and being in creative spaces in general, you're your biggest critic. But on top of that, like, you're the first person to say, this shit sucks. Cheers. Yeah. At least to me. I'm like, this isn't good. Like, you can you can get easy, easily get down on yourself quick. You can. I think it's also, like... Um... I don't know if you if you read enough. Sometimes you also could figure out like, okay, does this does this measure up? Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it's like uh, just finding your own voice, like something that you're comfortable in that you know separates you from other 
other writers or other people or whatever. And, and I think that that's carried over too, like in like my work more recently. Like once I kind of like, I haven't officially, I wouldn't say I've officially transitioned, but a lot of my my work recently is obviously more in uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. And but the but the idea of like okay, what's the story you know, and how do I make sure that it's fresh and like my spin on it that hasn't changed you know what I mean like that's the constant. Mm-hmm. So, when did you start? We'll go into your recent work here. Um, when did you start writing for Slam? Like, what's a little bit of like your chronological order to to get to um, the new Terrence? Like, what <laughs> the current? It was, it was uh, so I, I didn't really like. It wasn't like a consistent. I write for Slam or anything like that. It was like yeah, I was sending pictures. Yeah, yeah, I would contribute. I would do stuff online. Um, that was it. Was all kind of one um, time period in my life. I think I was like in my mid twenties. Uh, like I had just like bounce bounce kind of uh introduced me to like the magazine world. Then I started doing stuff with like Slam, and then I started doing stuff with Kicks on Fire. That was like instrumental. Uh, shout out to Khan. Shout out to Jazzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jazzy hired me at Kicks on Fire. By the way, I always say that. Uh, um, yeah. So like that was big. And then at the same time, as I was writing for Kicks on Fire, I was writing for Vibe. So like I was just like already in this headspace of like all this stuff matters sneakers entertainment sports fashion i was i was kind of like a conduit for for journalistically Mm -hmm. right like i was just like absorbing it all you know interpreting it making it make sense for everybody um so yeah like that was probably like like and and during this time too like i started doing stuff with uh game seven game seven marketing Mm -hmm. uh uh, justin leonard and, and those guys and that was also big because like on one side I'm, I'm i'm developing my voice as a as a writer as a journalist but on the other side i'm getting an introduction to what like marketing even looks like you know what i mean i didn't i didn't know I'm, to be very real with you i didn't know what a copywriter was until i started doing stuff with justin and i was like oh like this is a thing like you know what i mean like it's very funny man like i don't know um you know i'm, a, I'm gonna just keep it a buck like i don't know how many people that come from like my background you know uh, African American community, other people of color. How many people tell you pathways? You know what I'm saying to like a new, like to a to a career. Mm-hmm. So like even me wanting to be a journalist, it really wasn't like a whole bunch of like writers. You know what I'm saying that's coming from my family. There's tons of creative people, but that doesn't mean not a lot of people could tell me how that would translate into paying my bill, like you know a mm-hmm. life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying and like you know um, I had a lot of family support because they could see the talent and they saw the grind, but I also had a lot of worry, you know, like maybe outside of like my mom, everyone else was like super, like, I think for a time there, people were kind of like, yo, Terrence, I don't know if this is the right thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? People were very shaky on it, but. Um, well, not- great point to, I mean, good thing to remember from what you said there is like your statement just laid a layer of foundation on a road for maybe somebody in the same background as you who might be listening to this to hear you now reflect yeah. back on it, that's adding one more layer to a rope where they can find it later. I hope so. I think that that's something that, like, you know, hopefully, like, my generation, our generation uh, of, like, creatives, like, the, the idea that you can make money as a creative, or it's not just about making money, mm-hmm. but, like, have a career that way. I don't think a lot of, you know, again, like, how many parents from my background uh, know that? You know what I'm saying? And that's not a slight at anybody. It's just the truth. Like, you know, a lot of, there's only been like, what's the the job that everybody tells you you should go get? 
doctor, lawyer, engineer, mm-hmm. something that everyone readily understands can be a career. Mm-hmm. No one's going to tell you, yo, you know, you can you like work like someone works on the business side of of like that ad you just saw oh, <laughs> of that ad you just saw on um uh for for like you know for for michael jordan's shoe you know what i mean newsflash fucking nobody tells you that nobody so like me telling and it's funny when i explain this to my friends or my family i'll be like trying to explain what i do like some of them know now a lot of them know now but like trying to explain what i do i'd be like yo you remember the bo jackson commercials or you remember the you know the lebron commercials i'm like yeah this agency did that and that's what an agency does i work on this that's the kind of stuff i do mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's the simplest way to explain it. it didn't click in my brain that i could also write my own shoe content instead of reading other people's shoe content till recently and that's what like we love that's what, part of the reason why we love having episodes like this we've had entrepreneurs we've had people who have been the heads like uh, we had brandon on here who was the head of finish line before kim and the people that's in different avenues around sneakers nobody told them that you could work in a retail store for long enough and grind your ass off, meet the right people, get into corporate right. and now be moving stuff and doing things big. Nobody ever told you you could go from writing from, you know, in high school for fun poetry to being featured in Slam and Vibe to now working with the companies that's making the thing that you saw in the first place. It comes full circle. Right. It's crazy. Just there is there's no the creative arts is going. This is going to go a weird tangent. But the creative arts <laughs> is dying so hard Damn, that, like, point. I, I my degree is in English journalism. I get straight up laughed at. Like, people, why did you do that? And I laugh at myself a bit, too. I realize in retrospect, maybe should have had something a little more foundational. But around the same time, high school for you, I realized I like writing poetry. I had to write some bullshit story for a class, and that got me thinking creatively, and I ended up liking it. Yeah. So I was an English major because I liked English so it's like, that's what I want to do. Maybe yeah. I wanted to be, in my mind, I knew I wanted to do something with writing, but I didn't know what it was. No one ever tells you what it is with writing. They always say, why did you go and get a writing degree? Or why did you go um, focus on piano? Or why do you play the violin so much? It's yeah. like, people don't know, like, a violin can get you, like, people think, like, oh, sports and music, one thing is going to get you somewhere, like, creatively. Like, not, yeah. like, it doesn't have to be, like, you're a singer. You don't have to be Bruno Mars. Yeah. Go pick up a violin. New York Symphony needs somebody. You don't yeah. know five years from now. Or someone who really understands music but understands sport can now create, like, you know, the music that goes along to ESPN. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Somebody made that. took something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you know what's funny? It was, like, what made me think about this actually wasn't sports. It was um, the fact that it was, I forget what exhibit it was, so pardon me, but Basically, it was an African-American exhibit with uh, um, and the curator was a white woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And people were like on Twitter backlashing, blah, 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 blah. And somebody brought up the point in the thread of like, well, the only way that you can like, you know, somebody was going to get the job. Right. And the only way that you can even be in that position is if you have like I think the entry point is like an art history degree. How many of our kids are told that you can go into art history, get that degree, and then you can be the curator of, you know what I mean? Like you're in a position now to be the curator of 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 a museum of, of a museum. So curator of art, that's history, history. Yeah. So it's like like again, I think the conversation changing, but like pathways is my my larger point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's a good 
you know, that's something that I hope that our generation, like the, the kids that come after us, realize that, you know, different, you know, there are other ways to, like, do something you really love. That's a good way to reel it back. Throw the lasso out, bring us back in a little bit. <laughs> but um, it's just, uh, it makes, I, and you're really passionate about it, too. It gets me super passionate because people reach out all the time, and it's like, how do you do what you're doing? I'm like, you annoy people with talent. Like, not, not annoying with your talent, but it's like, you build a skill, you refine it, then you annoy somebody to look at it until they look at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. That, that's a joke. I mean, but you, you got to hustle. No, like, yeah. That's why people, I mean, how many, let's just use rap as a very easy example. Like, how many people just, like, wouldn't take no for an answer? Like, Jay-Z would not take no for an answer. No, but he also had, I mean, he's obviously GOAT, but, like, to your point, though, the hustle and the idea of, <laughs> yeah. like, yo, you know what? If if we're going to do something that's so big that they can't ignore it, you know what I mean? Like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll grind it out and we'll create our own platform. And then you got to work with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you wouldn't sign us. Now you got to work with us. And like, you know what I mean? You wouldn't sign us as the artist. Now you got to work with the label. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, to a degree, I get what you're saying. Like, it's like, you know, you can you work on your craft. You know what I mean? Like, and, and hopefully, eventually... It works out. Gotta have, you gotta grind. Yeah. Tony Hawk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first thing that came to mind. Um, so, you, you said both brands. So we're in Portland right now. So you've you've worked with both Nike and Adidas. Uh, mostly. So I've worked in house at Nike before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're yeah. making content. So the, where where could we have found some of your stuff for? Um, Nike. To be honest, that's kind of what got me out here. Uh, I so in 2015, um, AKQA reached out to me uh, through really it was like two friends who are now doing amazing things. Uh, one, my boy uh, Ben Taylor. You know Ben Taylor. <clears throat> he he was like the first creative director on Yeezy. Uh, he left AKQA to go do that, and um, now he's at Camp Grizzly. Shout out my mans. Uh, and then there's my boy, Ray Robles. I don't know if you know him. Um, but he's also from the Bobito creative family tree. And we, we kind of knew each other like because of that. Mm-hmm. And they were both at AKQA at the same time. And AKQA had just won the business for... Uh, um, and for those who are listening who don't know what that means, I want to explain it. Yeah. you said there's a kid that might be listening. That means like agencies... Basically, the way agencies work is they pitch... Uh, they pitch companies on how they can help them with their marketing or whatever the you know ask is. Mm-hmm. But that's what AKQA did. They pitched Nike uh, Sportswear, I think, at the time, because Sportswear was running sneakers, on how they could help them basically build out the rest of the sneakers app. Because the app itself worked, and they launched it, and it was for buying shoes. But they were like, yo, this is a whole platform. What do we do with it? So those two people that I mentioned said, hey, we know a guy who might be able to come, come up with some content. And I was that guy. And I'll never forget it, man. They, they reached out, my man, uh, Whitney Jenkins, the blackest name on the whitest person. <laughs> He's a white dude, a white dude from Idaho that loves hip hop and kicks and mad cool, like great dude. Um, and he called me and we had one of those, and I know you've had these, those sneakerhead moments like, where you test each other and you drop little, you say little things to see if this person is legit. And he was doing it the whole conversation like, oh, so, you know, like, I can't even think of an yeah, example. I'm but it was just right like, but yeah, yeah, when you do the little test, you know what I'm saying, with each other and just like, 
see who knows what and we were doing it over the phone and like he would do it to me and I would be like yeah yeah, yeah I know that do you know this like it was kind of like and it turned into like a really fun conversation and then he was like he said he hung up the phone he was like yeah he's the guy so they offered me um basically I had to come out here to finish the pitch and they were like yo pack for a month be prepared to leave for a, in a week and I was like, fuck that. Can I curse? I don't know. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I won't curse a lot. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But I was just like, yo, whatever. I'm If I'm passing for a month, I'm going to be out here for Express a month. Express yourself. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, family. It's family's like listening. Like, can I curse? Can I curse? <laughs> yes. You may. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. Uh, uh, I packed. It's my first time coming from Portland. Uh, coming to Portland. And, yeah. I, 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 I literally just got here and, like, hung out in the Starbucks and the Pearl that's like next to AKQA my mm-hmm. big bag and I'm just waiting for them to like hit me and like yo we got to business right away and I came up with like you know me and my art director at the time we came up with like I don't know like I want to say eight ideas and we developed them for like maybe two three days it's a real tight turnaround I don't even know if we had that long I think it was like it was like a day really actually mm-hmm. I think we had to I'll say two um, but, but yeah, we got, we got right to work and, um, yeah, client loved it and we sold in all eight. So like, again, let me explain how that yeah, works. Break that down. Like you come up with ideas, uh, and, uh, concepts, right. And you normally probably refine and, uh, collectively as your group, like your team, you'll maybe come come back together with like five ideas. And then maybe like flush out two of them and then leave like three in the index as like, okay, like maybe you might mm-hmm. want to do these two and just look at them. But normally you only like have like two, maybe three ideas, right? So we had eight and and more in the index. So there was like really probably like eleven. <laughs> like, right? And uh and and, and <laughs> you know, the client bought all eight. And normally that doesn't happen. Normally they like you hope they buy one. If you on a good day, they buy two. If you're killing it, they buy three. You're like, <laughs> Ocho. Right, yeah. Eight. Like, we sold eight. So everybody was like, yo, what is this? Like, how did you guys do that? Like, and the client was like super happy. And the, the first two man team, you and the art director. Uh, it was a little, it was, so Wit was the creative director on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my, uh, man, Gerald, Gerald uh, Jimenez was the art director. Um, and then it was like a, ho- a host of other I didn't people. mean to throw you down that rabbit hole, my bad. No, no, it's all good. I, I don't mind. So, uh, but yeah, mostly me and him, Gerald. And then, like, you know, Wit was kind of like checking it. Like, okay, yeah. like, fine tune here, there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, we came up with those ideas and uh, sold in all, all eight. I was really leading a lot of the conversation, too, because, like, I had to explain, like, yo, this is what I think for the blah, 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 blah. And we sold in. So some of the stuff you see on sneakers app now is literally my concepts. I would confidently say, even what's twenty almost five years later, almost now, uh, 70 percent of the of the content houses not the, not the actual stuff you're seeing, mm-hmm. but the act the, the content house meaning like, okay, for example, the one that I'm most proud of is the the comic books. That was that was my idea. And we started it with, you know, unfortunately, you guys will never see it. Wh- whoever saw it first saw it. Mm-hmm. But we launched it with Kevin Durant for the KD8. Um, and it was like a comic book series uh, where we basically tell his summer story, right? Because the shoe came out in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it was like the first one is uh, 
him playing as a kid with his coach and like learning how to like you know learn how to just how to play right yeah, yeah. and then like it ends with him being like I don't know a lottery pick and then the next one was him during the lockout uh, you know going to New York playing at DC Barry Farms 60 all that. something you're right I was at that game uh, for the record he actually had 72 but <laughs> in the book they kind of got it still confused. fun to watch on YouTube till this day that orange uniform him pulling up is amazing that's a whole we can have a whole discussion on the lockout if you want to like bring you back for a third time we will at some point it's, it's I love the lockout it's crazy the some lockout. of the best it's, it's just like hired head basketball games where it's just people running and teams you would never think on a, on a personal note the lockout year was like monumental for me but alright so we, that was chapter two. Chapter three was him playing with Team USA and like leading the team and scoring. Yeah. Like on a team with Kobe and LeBron, and I feel like that was like his arrival moment. Like I'm legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one we made up a scenario of him playing against like the EYBL kids, you know. And like you know at that point, like a lot of them were still playing against the play, you know, the, the top elite players. So I made up a fictional character, and we found like a art, like a, a cartoonist who had worked 15 years at Marvel and 15 years at DC. You don't get better than that. Like the no. guy was phenomenal and was a basketball fan, so he knew it was up. Um, so he illustrated it. I wrote it, uh, and like I was like the the, the check factor to make sure it still felt like basketball. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Katie really loved it. His team loved it, and we got it out. The only problem is it was so early in the game for sneakers that the the the, the dimensions were only for the app. And the app at that point wasn't even available on Android. It was so new. It was really new. So they kind of scrapped it. You made this beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it went live, but you can't find it now. But you still can find, my point is you can still find the the comic book world. Mm -hmm. And that was like, my. I I loved it, man. I'm so proud of that one. Like, but there's other stuff in there. Actually, something came out like a month ago and I forgot about it. And I was like, oh, wow, that was my idea. Like, so they have stuff in the can. To that point, we went back for another round of like, yo, would you guys have anything else? And I think we did 10 concepts, sold in all 10, and everybody was like, yo, what? This is, but that was like as far as I went. But, but bet you a million dollars, almost every person listening to this podcast did not know that what you just did is even a thing that somebody does or can do. Probably not. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's what I, I hope that that's what we, you know, we disclose here. That's powerful. I mean, that's so cool. It's like you literally, like the chicken came before the egg or however you want to phrase that there. You had this beautiful thing and there's no way to deliver it. You made a beautiful pizza and there's no pizza box to put it. <laughs> it was like one kind of pizza box that doesn't fit. Um, so that was you pitching two companies. Now it sounds like you're working with the company. I mean, what are you doing now? I'm not going to try to elaborate. You're right here. Oh, Tell us what you're doing now. Uh now I'm mostly working freelance, uh, which has been good. I actually had a conversation with one of my friends who's thinking about going freelance. Mm-hmm. And um, my advice to him is I was like, yo, like to be real with you, it's, it's basically off your reputation uh, and your network, you know? And Your thank- network is your net worth. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ian. Robbie dropping Jim. No, that's his gem. I just heard him say it a million times. Who said that? Ian, I've heard Ian say that a trillion times times okay i mean it's not it's, it's true um you know like so to be real like i get hit up to to work on stuff like most recently i don't know i don't know what i can say because like i, I signed ndas <laughs> but 
I got hit up. Somebody called you. Yeah, someone called me. I worked on uh, a go-to-market strategy for one of the brands. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. But it was, I'll say this much. Uh, It was was incredibly dope. It was a great experience because, uh, and you follow me on on Instagram, obviously, you just talked about it. So I had a moment. I don't really do rants, but I had a moment because, like, another uh, agency reached out. And I'm, I'm going to share this because it's, like, something I think everybody yeah, should. No. Uh, they reached out. They asked if I wanted to work on – they, they were trying to hire for a position, uh-huh. right? And they asked to it's – it's not an uncommon industry practice to be like, hey, come up with ideas for this thing that's coming up, Right. I already know where this is. I've had this happen to me too. That's why I know where this is going, but continue. So I, I did it. And, but again, I was thinking like, yo, this is going to be fine. Like it looked like it was kind of in the bag. You never want to just count anything, but like, never. you know, I was like, why would they not want to work with me? This is like, this is looking like it's fine. Like I had all the right, like recommendations. Like I checked every box. Right. So, uh, and to be real with you, like a lot of, anyway, so they, <laughs> they, in a nutshell, they eventually decided not to go with me, which is fine. But their reasoning was they didn't think I was conceptual enough. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. I literally just told you, Robbie, that I've sold in 18 concepts myself. Mm-hmm. There are agencies that don't do that in a year. And I sold in 18. Like, I'm in not a three, conceptual. Yo, in a three-month span. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that that's not, that doesn't make sense, right? So I already thought that was weird. But I was like, all right, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I let it go. Yo, a month and a half later, I see a bunch of my stuff rolling out. And I'm hot. I'm pissed. And I, I never really, I, I was just hot, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to charge this to the game. But it's also a learning experience for me, and I'll never do it. Look, you have my book. You have my portfolio. You have me. You have my recommendations. You want to work with no me? no free consultations here. Yeah, you want to work with me. Like, you either work with me or you don't. Or if you want me to, like, come up with some stuff, you got to pay me for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, but again, learning experience. Uh, and so, like, that's why I was like, all right, cool. But also, right after them telling me that they didn't think I was conceptual enough, another agency hit me up. And again, because of NDAs, I don't know if I can say. But they hit me up, asked me to come in and work on something. And, I mean, it was great. Mm-hmm. And I literally feel like I may have helped come up with something that might be the, the most fire thing I've ever done. And I've done some fire shit. So <laughs> you pay it back to the game, and then another door opens up. So pretty much ultimately, man. okay. But I knew the second I had a feeling in my gut that's where I was going. Because like, man, there's been so many times someone's like, "Oh, come work with the brand." Astrid, we can't pay you right now, but the experience, or we can't pay. Yeah. No, no, no. If, you gotta stop. You know if you're like, creative, like you're, you're whatever it is. If you're drawing, writing, making music. Whatever is coming out of your instrument, whatever your instrument is, that's your product. Right. So you giving that away for an interview, don't be doing that. Like you said, you have a catalog of work for a reason. Right. So no, no one should have to ask you what your work looks like. You should be able to slide something across the table or email it. Yeah. Be, Here's my work. Um, I don't right. want to go too much into detail, but I just got reached out to by um, a headhunter, as I call them. But a talent agency, and they're like, what have you been up to recently? So I, was, I didn't get a job back in July. I got really far with Nike, and then I gassed, 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 gassed. You're going to get this. And then they went with somebody else. Yeah. So that's why it's very important not to count your chickens before they hatch. No. But basically, they hit me up and like, what are you up to now? And I could point to them 
five, six different articles I've written in the past couple of weeks. Like, here's what I'm up to. Go peep it. No one should ever come to you and ask, hey, we, we're interested in you. R- write us two things because we want to see what you're about. Like that, you're, you're setting yourself up. Especially, I mean, so here's the thing. I feel like... Unless you've got a relationship. The, if, you have, if you have a relationship already, if you've worked with that company already... I also I'm feel okay like... Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I'm not going to tell nobody don't do something. If you feel comfortable doing it, whatever. Oh, yeah. There, there's but asterisks in everything. Also, right. I also feel like... Uh, you know, like, if you're, if you're coming in, what what position are you coming in at, right? Like, are you at a senior level? Or are you at, like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, senior level or, or, or above, I definitely don't think it's it's a thing. Um, but, I mean, even even younger than that, like, there's been this big debate about, like, whether uh, was internships should still be, like, just college credit, right? Like, because mm-hmm. there's so many people who, you know, I, I and I, I can kind of understand both sides where it's, like, you're kind of weeding out the people who don't want it. Mm-hmm. That or or you know, but you're also kind of like, kind of, it's a little bit of like a thing of like, what is about the people who really want it, but they just can't afford to put that many hours towards something that they, Correct. you know, what I'm saying that like they because they got to feed themselves. Or gotta, what if they didn't put themselves an opportunity to go to that college that offers that internship program? Right. But they went to another great school to learn whatever they're going to learn. Like so, yeah, it's tough. a little bit of that. It's very tough. Um, but so you're pitching and moving ideas now, like that's. What does a life of a freelancer look like? Because, you know, Nick works freelance. I'm part-time freelance. But Nick's very humble and doesn't want to talk about his freelancing endeavors. You don't have to go into detail, but, like, so what does a writer like you look like? What is your what's your week look like? Like, what are you working on? I can't really. I don't know if I can. <laughs> like, I can't really he say. Can't, and that's cool. NDAs. Like, I really can't The humble say. smile. Like, you know I can't tell you this. Yeah, like, I can't, I, but I have worked on, too. My last two projects were really dope because it was like uh, I got a chance to move out of just the sneaker mm-hmm. realm, which like I started to feel like, damn, like I hope I don't get pigeonholed, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, you know, like that happens. People are just so comfortable with knowing you do this thing, you know. So I got a chance to move back into like music. That's all I could really say. No, that's cool. Um, but yeah, my last two projects have been primarily that. Good stuff. Yeah. So let's take a rewind back. You've worked with sounds like music and athletes let's just play a little like hot ticket because we're winding down in time here i want oh, to go over i want to go over some basketball stuff more in depth but we, we got really more into the educational side which is fantastic <laughs> so who's the favorite athlete you have worked with nba oh man favorite athlete uh that i worked with uh i've seen you with tons of pictures of the people i know um Favorite or just give athlete. us one of your favorite. It doesn't have to be end all be all favorite. Uh, well, I was. What sticks out? Uh, I was with KD during that week when he was in New York. Mm-hmm. And I was the only writer that was with him because of Game 7. So mm-hmm. that one I'll never forget. And that, again, leads to me being the only writer with the perspective of, like, we can make this, like, like comic book. <laughs> like, three, four years later because I was the one with him, so I knew everything. So, like, that one was cool. Give me one more. I think I saw Derek Rose photos with you, Derek Rose, a couple of times. Oh, that was um, um, that was just like an interview, real quick. Like when he was uh, playing for Team USA, mm-hmm. uh, it was like a like a scrum. Um, but one of my boys, who was like a photographer, he got he got the uh, he just caught a picture. So that was like, yeah, that was it. Let me slide and get some words with those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
How about music? Because I, again, you've seen you pictures of tons, and it can be. A oh, I already know. Yeah, Tell my me. favorite rapper is Pusha T. So doing work with him, and him knowing my name. So it's been more than once. It looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the most recent one, I was actually right before I moved out here. I did this thing with BET called, uh, um, man, uh, How to Rock, and uh, it was a concept I pitched to the, uh, the. To Jermaine Hall, I forget what his title was. It doesn't really matter. But Jermaine, I, I worked under Jermaine. He's um, OG, great friend of mine, um, at, at Vibe. And around the same time that I got that AKQ opportunity, he left Vibe to go to BET. And he, he was like the he was a VP there. I, again, I forget the title, but whatever. I pitched an idea to him to do like a documentary on the the marriage between sneaker culture and hip hop culture because I was like, yo, they they kind of rise almost at the same time and with each other, right? Like I, I think I was looking at a at a picture of. I want to say it was either Ice T or Kid and Play, and they were uh, definitely Kid and Play. But it was just pictures from that era, and they had Jordans on, and I was Jordan like, "Oh Korea, wow! Like this right. is this is this is a thing, right?" And and so he was like, "Oh yeah, that's dope. Let's make it a fashion show." And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and so yeah, like I was. I had one like, idea. You want to do what? Yo, but he it was it was brilliant and. Um, so I, I took that idea and like I was pretty much in charge of like all the content and like I produced all that. And uh, one of the people who we wanted to work with was Push because like Push has been like so, um, you know, he's like flossy, he's about streetwear, yeah, right. Um, and so we went to I had interviewed him before at that point twice. Um, and so this this time we go to uh. Virginia and I'm in Virginia with him and like it's amazing right he's like the mayor out there and he has a store and we go to the store and like I'm in the store waiting for him to arrive and I'm thinking in my head like he's probably not gonna remember me like you know what I mean like he's he sees a million people all the time he's famous yeah and he walks in he's like yo Terrence and I was like oh what <laughs> that's crazy but yeah so right here it was like yo that's crazy my favorite rapper what's up push <laughs> My favorite rapper knows who I am. That was crazy. Um, so that's my favorite. I thought you weren't supposed to meet your idols. Nah, bump that. <laughs> Do it. Who cares? Take the pictures. I know people People try to be too cool. Take the pictures. Talk to people. Because, yo, when are you going to get this moment again in life? Never. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't pretend like this is not dope. Like, especially if you're somebody in our industry. Like, I know, like, be, be respectful. I'm not yeah. trying to say, like, get crazy. But, come on, man. Like, at the end of the day, like, Yo, you worked for it. You know what I'm saying? And your like, people around you should know this is a moment for you. And yeah, man. Living like, in a little bit. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Just be a real person. Yeah, right. Like, you enjoy it. You earned it. We were listening to Push in the, in the car here. You know I want this photo. Let me just get it. Yo, right? And yeah, so I'm I'm just all about like, yo, let me, let me, let me commit, like capture the moment. You know what I'm saying? That's fantastic. So, man, I can't even imagine if somebody, I think, yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet. You, you, you've had a very, and, and just make sure you follow him on Instagram. We'll go over tags here at the end. But just every time you post a photo, like an old photo of, I'm like, okay, who's it going to be this time? Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, that's, yeah. super, that's super tight. You know what? I have one more athlete interaction. That go was for kind it. of fun. I really think I wrote this in the caption. It was uh, Chris Paul. It was one of his shoes. And you're running the break. You're running behind him trailing. Yeah, but so that's, <clears throat> that picture is just one of the, that was like we were all playing. But, uh, and this happened. This was dope. Um, Chris is mad cool, super nice. And uh, 
of those media runs, it's the same folks. Like we all like yeah. you know, we all are at literally all the same run. Especially the ones in New York, because it's only shout out Jarrell Harris, always out there. Exactly, that's my guy. <laughs> Me, Jarrell, Abe, you know what I'm saying? We were we were the magic Larry and Mike <laughs> of those media runs. Who is the jumper? Who's Larry? Uh, I mean Abe. Right, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, I was definitely magic. You know what I mean? Passes crazy, and Jarrell was the young whippersnapper, <laughs> just coming out of nowhere, making us realize, yo, damn, it's almost that time. Yeah. <laughs> I hang it up, nah, but um. I say to Chris, like, Chris is working out, and we're, we're doing the test run, mm-hmm. and Chris is on the opposite court. And so we all go over there, like, yo, Chris, what's up? Like, you want to play? Like, he's like, right, I'm going to come over. He, got, he gets his workout in, and he comes over. None of us thought he was going to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Comes over, and like, he's like, all right, let's, let's, let's get teams or whatever. And then, like, I end up on his team. So as we're, like, going to inbound the ball, I say, like, yo, listen. <laughs> listen. At these runs, I'm normally the point guard. So, oh, man. You know what I mean? I'm just letting you know, like, I'm running one. And he was like, good, I don't shoot enough. So, <laughs> but obviously it's Chris Paul. Yeah. That didn't happen. You know, he ran the one. Yeah. And, and he threw me in a... I'm working on my off ball right now. <laughs> Go for it. It's good. He threw, me, he threw me a pass as I was cutting, and I was never so nor- nervous to not mess up somebody's assist Bro. in my life. Of course, I made the I made the layup on a platter. You got to make that Chris Paul. Yo, Chris Paul threw me a pass. If you mess this up, bro, you can't live. You can't live it down. Chris Paul threw me a pass as I'm cutting, and I made the layup. You know what I'm saying? Don't mess up that man's assist. Never. Hot take. Better passer. CP3 or LeBron? Wow. Uh, damn. I'm gonna just answer it real quick. Probably, probably CP3. And the only reason I say that is because CP3 has made guys who would never average any amount of points. <laughs> like, look, really True. good. LeBron is an incredible passer, so he's probably no wrong answer here, but I'm going to go Chris Paul. Man, I'll keep thinking back to it. Even this last two nights ago, LeBron, just the no looks, this Showtime's back, baby. And oh, it's man. a beautiful thing. And we are both Laker fans. I was about to say, I was about to, I was yeah. like, redundantly ask you, who's your who's your team? Just, just so I can hear it. So I can, I can Lakers, live a little bit. Man. What, what other team even matters in basketball, really? Who is the most influential sneaker person? You know, uh, I, 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 not like Russ or Bobito or Nick, but like none of the OGs. No, I mean not like uh, I mean like shoe eyes. Like I know for me personally, it was Kobe. Oh, as, oh yeah, like, yeah. Who who made you be like sneakers, dude? <laughs> I need uh, those. Two people, two people off rip. It was Grand Hill and Penny Hardaway. Man, I'm so fucking happy you said Grand Hill. Yeah. He does um, not get the love by these young kids. They don't They don't know. Fila doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just release the stuff now, but... And, I mean, also part of that, I guess, is because Grant got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. No, of course. But, I mean... Cross you, then drop a hammer like nobody. Yo, he was so... Just, Rest in peace to Scotty, right? He got, oh, my God. He got Scotty. He, he bodied Scotty. Grant Hill was just like, like... Man, I can't. I don't even know who I can compare him that to. That was a beautiful like, fucking time, man. It's like levels of bodies. It's like Grant Hill giving Pippen. Yo. Pippen getting um, Ewing. Ewing. <laughs> Mike getting Ewing. This, this. Yeah. You know, and Penny was just like so smooth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like his footwork for somebody that big, and then the shoes were beautiful, right? So. The Penny 2 is my first real shoe. Like, not like Marshall Nike shoe. Uh-huh. Like the first like real shoe I got as yeah. a kid. Seventh grade, Penny 2. Yeah. Uh, I came out the gate like my baby shoes are, I think are the Jordan 2 well, I'm not even lying to you like my mom has them it's either the Jordan 1 or the Jordan I think it's the Jordan 2 and then she knew uh, what was up yo it was in the cards my mom has them in the, somewhere in the closet but uh yeah the Grand Hill in 1995 man loved it and then yeah like 
all the whole penny series. I just so like it was, it was a beautiful time. It's funny because both those players specifically, it's like both go to Phoenix. They both go. I mean, it's just you, you have the idealized Detroit Grant Hill and Orlando Penny, and there's all the other versions of them yeah. out there. But you know, it's life. Hey man, you don't you don't, doing good things now. You don't get to keep old legs, yo. So quick Grant Hill story. When I was growing up all the time, growing up in Vegas, the Summer League's always been, since the inception of Summer League, has been in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, see every NBA player out there. When I was from, like, eighth grade to freshman in college, I would go every summer to Summer League, like, re- redundantly. $30 for all-day tickets. You can sit there and watch basketball. $30. For like, eight hours. <laughs> they, they run it back and run it back and run it back. It's beautiful. Um, got to see Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, the rookie years. Cool stuff like that. But... Drew Gooden would not come, would not take a photo or say hi to an eighth grader. Wow. But Grant Hill took the, and Grant Hill did this numerous times. I've shaken Grant Hill's hand probably eight, nine times in my life. He's always in summer league. He's always doing that NBA TV coverage yeah. back in the day. Grant Hill would stop a conversation, look in the eyes. Hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? Just Grant Hill, man. Stand up, dude. I always have the like, fondest memories. Um, I mean, Drew Gooden's a legend, so. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Drew Gunn, I hope you're well right now. <laughs> Legitimately. Um, Clyde Drexler was there, too, and I went there one day. My dad had all these basketball cards for me. I um, went there one day. He's there. I don't have a card. We show up the next day with a card. He's there the second day, and he signs a card for me. So, like, whatever position you are in life, be nice little kids. Right. Don't hate on LeBron for giving his shoes out in Utah and coming on the court with socks on. <laughs> the man's just enjoying yeah. Utah's big ass, years, man. Like, Utah's always on some shit, like... Spitting on people, opponents, like Utah's on something. Uh, that's another podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're from Utah, straighten up. <laughs> that's another podcast. So um, last thing we're going to on, uh, talk on here is we're just edging the one-hour mark. Okay. We like to ask, what have you been rocking? What are you trying to cop? It doesn't have to be this next week or whatever. Please call it rocking and copping. What's been on your feet this week? Um... I mean, what did I wear in the door? Uh, night joggers, bro, because they're really comfortable. The one of the top five most comfortable shoes in a hot minute. Yo, just super, you know, like they're not too basic where you feel weird wearing them, you know what I'm saying? But like they're like the dad shoe wave, they have some like, flair to them, though. They're more like they're like the uncle wave, maybe not the, the dad. cool uncle, <laughs> they're the cool uncle wave. But what I'm excited for, so Air Jordan 4 is my favorite shoe ever, uh-huh. like that's just my favorite silhouette, so like. Um, there's a lot of fours that are about to come out uh, this upcoming year. 2020 is like a big four year, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Black Cats are coming out. The Black Cats, I saw that and I sent it out to the group chat. I'm like, yo, if they don't mess these materials up, if they give us an actual Black Cat, yeah. I'm gonna shit myself. Like, oh, I, I love I... the Black Cat. Best nickname. Well, Black Mamba's up there, but the Black Cat, I've always <laughs> loved. And there's two cats walking around as we talk. Yo. I love cats. Shout out to cats. And, yeah, shout out to cats. Not that creepy movie, though. I don't know if I've seen the previews to that cats Adrisa movie. Elvis cats? That movie? Yeah. They're making a live action cats. I'm not going to see that. Don't look at the preview. It'll give you nightmares. Uh, no. But the, but the four. four Black Cats, I'm, I'm excited for those. Nice. So, I've been rocking the Cool Gray 11s for like couple weeks now where I'm two three times a week just because Ian gave me that homie pricing 100 bucks barely even worn I keep worn maybe once or twice I've put all the creases in them let's put it that way <laughs> and it's been a beautiful thing because that's what sneakers kind of comes back to for me is like what 
what have you always wanted that you can didn't ever attain or you know it's been thinking about mm. i've been thinking about those damn cool gray 11 since i saw them probably in like a, a, a kicks edition of slam and 2010. They, like, I think they're a top 5'11. Bro, gorgeous. Honest, right? Normally, and I think the platinum tints kind of showed this and the cap and gowns. People don't always want you messing with the materials on 11. Nah. They kind of nah. want the, but those, you can mess the materials and you mess around with something pretty. Yeah. It, you just gotta do it right, right? And uh, the cool gray is a, is a, is a it's a beautiful, right. beautiful shoe. And right. it's funny you say the four because I too love, it's my birth, it's my birth shoe. Everyone has their birth. People have their birth stones. Uh-huh. If you're extra bougie, you know you know what your you know your zodiac and your, <laughs> and your crystal sign is and your moon Shout sign. Out the yeah, right. Scorpio. <laughs> so I was trying to do like the Scorpio from like um, dodgeball, but um, eighty nine Jordan four releases. I'm released from my mother. A <laughs> lot <laughs> <laughs> going on out here. Yeah. But those damn Jordan four winterizes be like. Oh man, that's gonna be my wintertime shoe. Okay, if it starts raining, because global warming's real, and it's not raining in Portland. No, it's so, not. So like, <laughs> it's gonna start at some point. We think, we would think, but man, it's it's getting creepy. How, yeah, the beautiful the weather is. It's like it's like that Jay Z meme where he's like nodding and he's happy, but he's looking up. Like yeah. I don't know if I should like this. Yeah, that's what's happening right now, boy. I keep an umbrella in my bag that hasn't been pulled out yet. It's weird. Umbrella. Oh man, nah, see. I was with you this whole podcast till now. Till you can't umbrella. rock a, you can't rock the umbrella in Portland, bro. Like you just gotta live it. You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. an Oregonian. There's been many times where I forget and I have a pair of feet on that I do not want to get wet. You gotta have that umbrella. You gotta embrace that too, bro. I ain't gonna lie. To you. Man, just avoid the puddles and the weird like leaf mud things that so happen. So that's hella true. But I've been talking to a friend and he said, hashtag wear your kicks everywhere except Know your surroundings. Like, yeah. I'm here, man. Like, I know what the weather is. I'll walk, I'll walk around. Like, if there's, like, a big puddle of, like, mud oh. and leaves, I will walk down the block to cross the street. There's that meme. I think it's in New York from a couple years ago. It's, like, jumping in his Jordans. Like, heels up, not creasing, just jumping over the biggest puddle. No. Not happening. Not happening one bit. No. So, what is going to happen is you're going to please tell everybody where they can find you. We're, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to head out. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at, uh, lower like the direction, L-O-W-E-R, east like the direction, E-A-S-T, and then scribe like a writer, S-C-R-I-B-E. There's no side in there, but side sounds good in your brain, try it. Yo, you know who messed my name up one time? Who? I did a panel, uh, for NBC, and Maurice Dubois <laughs> called me lower east side scribe, and apparently I made a face. <laughs> Friends came to the panel and they were like, "Son, when he said that, you looked at him like crazy." Yo, I looked at him like, "Yo, what?" Like, real. I was upset. Like, yo, for real, I'm at NBC. You gonna mess my name up, G? Like, this is my one chance to get yo. followers. The one swoop. <laughs> right. The people you stole my followers. I lost out on Maurice Dubois. <laughs> Damn you, Maurice Dubois. <laughs> I'm saying your name right. Damn you, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, that's some real shit though I mean like yeah. and social media if, if you're on MSNBC if you're on any major network Yo. they put the wrong handle down there shout out Lower East Side Scribe right. the, <laughs> right the other the other scribe right. from the Lower East Side <laughs> alright um, you can find me at Sneaker History follow Sneaker History um, we're gonna be on a little bit of a break here 
Make sure you check out some of our archived episodes. There's some really good stuff out there. You'll find Terrence in one of the older ones, too, talking about the Colorways event he put on earlier this year. Yep, Colorways gang gang. Uh, make sure you go cop some merch. We have a couple t-shirts left, and they're gorgeous. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll tune in with you next time. Everybody have a good, good day. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, And we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.